0: This is Amateur Faith Night, a podcast where real-life friends talk about real-life religion, where questions are encouraged, doubt is talked about, and following Jesus is our main priority. Let this be a starting place for you to research things and study them out for yourself. God is bigger than all of our questions, and it is okay to not have all of the answers.
1: We're going to play a small little clip. We're just going to discuss it. Um, as I'm wearing my Pink Floyd t-shirt, oh, God. it's kind of fitting. <laughs> That's true. Um, just something a little funny. It's a video on YouTube says 10 Psycho Preachers Who Hate Rock Music. Uh, we're not going to play all 10 though. So here we go.
2: I reverse thread the machine and I'm going to play that exact piece of tape backwards now. Okay. okay just I to, that you've not doctored, I it, not in doctored it in any way. I have not doctored it in any way. Alright, let let's go ahead and start. I live with Satan exactly, and it, then you'll hear
0: there's <laughs> power in Satan. <laughs> okay, so I, I kind of heard the second one, maybe, but definitely not the first one. And I even knew what he was going to say before you pushed play, and I still didn't hear it.
1: Gary, did you catch it?
2: I did. That um, was clear as day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This brainwashed.
1: <laughs> I live with Satan. Yeah.
0: I mean. I do, but no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow, <laughs> just teasing. Today's
1: Not gonna really. be
2: marriage counseling.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty messed up. I do actually remember when all that was going on, though. Yeah. Like when they were, were you in like a church at all at that point? No, no. I oh. was
2: listening to Living with Satan. At the <laughs> time.
1: So, do you remember it being in the news and people talking about backmasking?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, but I lived in a household that. Like we would have been in the house playing the stuff backwards for the fun of it. <laughs> well, see, I would have played it
1: backwards for the fun of it too, but just because I would have been more curious, like how right. do you get "I Live with Satan" right. out of whatever song it was they were playing? Right.
0: Yeah, just, I don't even know what they were.
2: Just playing. goes to prove you can hear whatever you want in anything. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that is true. And that is very true. So we did think we were. Um, we should play something a little lighthearted before we got started into talking about our topic so (laughs) this is going to be kind of touchy i think um for some people um
1: not in a weird way though yeah
0: okay thanks (laughs) thanks for clarifying that (laughs) um so
1: reach uh, out and touch someone right
0: okay so i know we kind of put out a couple teasers about um doing some history about the upc um, or the United Pentecostal Church, which obviously Jeremy and I came out of that organization. Um, so I do think that we might get into some of that this episode. I'm not really sure how far we're going to get. This is all very candid, by the way. We never actually have a script or anything. So you're literally like sitting in my office with us chit-chatting about random stuff. So um, anyway, I we wanted to do a... Um, a series on the history of the upc because i think that it's a lot more than what should be put in just one episode i think we would do a huge disservice if we tried to squeeze it all in um and there's a lot of information to unpack like there's just a lot so as everybody probably knows if you've listened at all to our podcast which by the way guys oh my gosh we had a lot of people <laughs> listen to the heresy one um, with Kim Haney so uh, thanks for supporting us and listening
1: she'll never be your friend who Kim Haney yep she, she turned her oh. back on you yeah she's already written you off
0: I'm fine with that honestly okay but, okay All right. her loss okay loss <laughs> um. <did> you, <laughs> you her, said her loss, loss? <laughs> yes, <laughs> no. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not said. where I was going <laughs> uh, so anyway as everyone probably knows Frida, Gary Jada. God God love Gary, shut up, Jeremy. Oh, that's so rude. Um, he has never been to a UPC service. He's been he's been very sheltered in his life to not experience that until recently. So we had a um, youth convention in the state of Missouri, which anybody who's anybody in the UPC is went to one of those <laughs> so um we thought you know it's not like jeremy and i can just easily walk into any church service in this area um i mean we could it's not like they would like lynch us i don't think or anything but it would just be super awkward and uncomfortable for everybody so we thought that would be a good opportunity to kind of blend in a little bit although i'm pretty sure we were spotted a few times <laughs> but we thought um that gary could could kind of see maybe what we're talking about a little bit and like give him some perspective. I don't know if he quite um, appreciated things that we're talking about so much like until he witnessed it himself. So Gary, what did you think about that?
1: Okay. Hold on.
0: Okay. Sorry. Can something?
1: we put out the picture of incognito UPC gen that went to the <laughs> service? <laughs> it um, should probably be out there.
0: I don't think that should
1: be a thing oh i think i think it was great
0: (laughs) i did go in and it wasn't to be disrespectful or anything it was honestly just because i didn't want to draw attention to us Mm -hmm. like i i don't want to any i don't ever want anybody to think that we're like mocking or like being disrespectful to them in any way and that was not the the purpose at all it was more um educational for gary and just for him to be able to see what we're talking about honestly um just to kind of put into perspective the the stories that people have have shared or I've shared or Jeremy has shared anyway, um just for that reason, it's not to be disrespectful to them and the only reason why I didn't go as you know how I would normally dress is because I didn't want people to think that we were there to just bash them or cause trouble or anything so um i did I did try to cover my tattoos <laughs> wear a skirt
1: maybe we should have some kind of contest if enough people listen to this episode or comment on it or, or something like that. Then we'll release the picture. I mean, the polls
2: are always good. I you feel know, it's <laughs> a simple yes and no.
0: I feel attacked right now. No, I'm just <laughs> <It's a laughs> I'm like, you guys were in suits and I didn't take a picture of you people. Well Jeremy hit
2: his uh, you know, you had the glasses on, I didn't even know who you were until you
1: know, Yeah. He had this. I went it I is, went like Clark Kent style, right? Like, where yeah, did, my I glasses. Like, Where's Jeremy? Normally I don't it wear my like glasses. Sounds like we were trying
0: to like <laughs> Hide. We, we weren't, but we were trying to blend in.
1: Yeah. I covered up my tats as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, and, it, and that was a respect thing to them. And it was because like I said, I didn't want it to be every, I didn't want anybody to be distracted from their service or think we were there to cause any kind of upheaval, which no, we, we weren't.
1: We were just there to observe.
0: Exactly. And we were very respectful. We didn't like make fun of anybody. Um, we weren't loud or obnoxious or cause a scene or anything. We just kind of sat in the back and um you know observed
1: we even paid for tickets that
0: is true we did we did pay for tickets
2: weekend passes that we only used one night <laughs>
1: that's exactly true that's true they were out of the one night tickets so they gave us a weekend pass and asked us not to use it as a weekend pass we didn't have a problem complying yeah with no that. we was... yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> i do feel bad though because we should have given them back their passes so i'm really sorry missouri district i failed I thought you were in making a shadow box no okay okay (laughs) i don't even know where they are honestly i think i threw them away
1: last i seen they were in my car then i think they got thrown away yeah yeah
0: Yeah. okay so um we did think this was a good segue into the history of the upc because we do um you know it's interesting to hear other people's perspectives and gary has never been to a service like that so um i think that that's a good kind of segue into this conversation um kind of seeing like what an outsider's thoughts are about the service. Um, who's never been involved in a Oneness Pentecostal church before, and then kind of start explaining as the whys, the whys as to why they are the way they are, or why they said the things they said. So, what were your thoughts?
2: Well, I mean, like we talked about after that night, uh, kind of driving home, immediately, just from the beginning, I really dug the music. I thought the music. I mean. <laughs> a lot of good musicians on the stage and they were really rocking out I'm so I, they did they did good I mean I I was impressed a lot of worship. there's worship songs that mentioned Jesus which is about the only time they mentioned them that night but it was uh, <laughs> <coughs> no the music was really good uh, so that was easy to see how the crowd got pumped up mm-hmm. um, you know as far as the message goes there was a there was what the youth pastor was there. Or is that what they called? they're he, called pastors?
0: So right? th- are you talking about the person who led the service? Not
2: the not the, the main guy the, you're talking about the one that spoke? Yes. Okay. The he one he got up a couple times at the beginning. Oh, uh, yes.
0: He's the Missouri District Youth President.
2: So he you know, yeah. he had a little message for the the kids and the the crowd and then I mean, honestly, the main message I think I told you guys this that night, it just was very uh Seemed very motivational to me. There wasn't a lot of talk about Jesus. There was a lot of me's and eyes and very uh individual talk. Mm-hmm. Just wasn't a lot of preaching about. I don't know. God, it seemed. Yeah, I don't know. I think Jen, you asked me. He's like, you know, would would that have inspired you to come back to church? You know, if you that been the first time you heard it. And I don't think I would. It was. It was very. Uh, just didn't focus on God at all. It was um, focused on the individual a lot. Yeah. I think, like I said, it seemed like a kind of like a political rally or a, I don't know, a a concert Mm -hmm. to where it was. I mean, clearly people were jazzed up and getting into it, but uh, the guy, the main speaker was really just riling the crowd up, which, I mean, I get that, but it, it was very
1: if i recall correctly you asked why the motivational speaker was yelling so loud <laughs> he's like why is this <laughs> yeah. motivational
0: speaker screaming at me <laughs>
1: yeah
0: <laughs> well and well, i did type out some of the like some of the quotes that he said um the speaker that night was victor jackson right mm-hmm. victor jackson yeah so i think he has he mentioned he has a church down near orlando florida um, I think Ocala. is it really i think so oh, okay i don't know but somewhere down there or maybe
1: um, that's where he went to college yeah, I'm not sure. Okay.
0: But uh, he he does have a church. He is a minister um, in Florida. But I I wasn't – I couldn't really wrap my head around exactly what his point was. Um, but one of the – some of the things that struck me as, like, motivational speaker-ish was, like, you decide when you don't want to live with no anymore. Your desperation, your zeal can be the one. And I think he was talking about winning your class – um, it's all about how bad do you want it? You have to be the one to do whatever it takes to get it. I wasn't really sure what the it was he was referring to other than maybe um, winning souls or...
2: I've noticed that in, in the handful of examples you've given me with some of these um, UPC leaders. They're very ambiguous with the, the it's or the mm-hmm. it's there for you or that's that like it's not well described. It's almost left up to you to work that way. If you have some kind of epiphany or something like that. Like, see, I told you that was going right. to happen. Like they, it's kind of open ended to where it's, they can kind of go onto something good and say, well, that's, I told you that was well. And get, I think know. a
0: lot of his point too, was you have to be in, which I see this meme going around Facebook all of the time. Um, so something about like talking about an olive, you have to be crushed before you can have the anointing oil kind of thing. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I know, <laughs> but, but it, there's a whole lot of, you have to, <clears throat> You know shut up <laughs>
2: i haven't seen that mean it was just it, it got me
0: yeah okay um <laughs> um so you have to be crushed and you have to be you know put down and you know just at your worst possible point in life to be able to do anything right. for god or get anything out of the holy spirit and i did i feel like that was a lot of what he had to say because um, he did use hannah in the bible about the, his his whole text came out of uh, for Samuel, and we're mm-hmm. not here to like critique his message or anything. Honestly, the subject of it, but the point stands to be made that there wasn't a whole lot of Jesus; it was a whole lot of you, like Gary said.
1: It was to me; it was a whole lot of the tricks of the trade that you would hear from like word of faith preachers, mm-hmm. um, similar to what Gary was saying. Because when you got a crowd of three thousand teenagers, that it. It, the it to the teenager could be well I'm in a relationship I shouldn't be in or maybe I should be you know going to this college or maybe I shouldn't be going to this college or maybe I should pursue ministry or maybe mm-hmm. I should start what's the what's the name of the Bible study they do in the high schools P something P uh, like seven close
0: seven think. maybe I should start P7. a P7
1: Club or you know maybe I should just get right with Jesus Or, you know, maybe if I did X, Y, Z, the Lord would heal my infirmities or sicknesses that I have going on. And when you've got three to 4,000 people, you can leave the it as open-ended, as Gary was saying, and you're going to get a whole lot of attention, but you didn't have to specifically call anything out because you've dropped a really wide net.
2: Right. You know, I think it's important too. I want to make sure that at least I make this clear that I did appreciate and kind of was uh impressed at the young kids there how you know kind of passionate they were like i know that uh, despite of if you know what they're being taught and um if it's wrong or you know that's you know kind of why this podcast exists but just seeing you know how enthused they were about you know a relationship with god mm-hmm. just in general that was comforting um, but, you know, knowing that, you know, they're not getting kind of the whole story. It's kind of a half story. You know, it makes you wonder for them and, and hope for them that, you know, eventually they're inspired kind of like you guys to, you know, seek the truth for themselves and not take the word from somebody that, you know, that is uh, kind of manipulating the word. Right.
0: And that's interesting that you say that because to me, like from my perspective, it was just sad. Like, cause I I remember <clears throat> going to those youth conventions, and ironically, or not ironically, just they're very predictable. Um, and even in my book, I I went through like what a typical youth convention would be like, and always the first night, they always talk about how you're not doing enough, you're not doing enough, you're not doing enough, and then by the last night, then they're you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, you know. Oh, yeah
2: you are just this it's very formulated right as far as how they
0: yeah move. and and lo and behold we went on the first night and it was all about you need to do more you need right. to do more you need to do more and it was just very telling i think to me because i'm like okay well i haven't been to one of these services in years and yet here we are still following this same right. formula and all of these kids run into the altar and you know thinking that they're not doing enough right and i mean maybe they aren't maybe they aren't right with their walk with god but at the same time it's just a whole lot of guilt i felt like but i mean i do guilt get what from, you're saying
2: like you like you felt
0: right well i mean when i was at oh, age, you're, oh yeah no the kids yeah because yeah. i i just yeah, i I, I felt bad like looking at thousands there's thousands of people there um and the response you're right it
2: I, yeah, like I said, I, I it, it was it just struck me. I mean, that, those mm-hmm. they were super passionate, yeah, which was impressive. I mean, even if you just look, just, I mean, that guy whipped them into a frenzy. I mean, yeah. it's it's it was uh, impressive to see, and I can see where you could where especially you guys who grew up in it kind of feel for the kids. I was just like, man, these guys are really on fire. I for,
0: mean, they're trying you know, to do what's right. They're <clears> they're, doing they're, what, trying, yeah. they're doing
2: what they believe because that's what they've been told, right?
1: And I agree, there's something to be said about passion and at the same time, emotionalism will only take you so far. Mm-hmm. Even the own even the speaker that night, Victor Jackson, he mentioned that a lot of the kids will go from camp to conventions to whatever and they'll make these commitments in their mind, like I'm gonna, you know, win two people in my high school this year or whatever and then by the end of the year they've not even witnessed to the two people that they had in mind to begin with. Right. He didn't come out and say it, but my thought is, because once again, emotionalism will only take you so far, Yeah, it's the gospel yeah. that has to get rooted to keep you moving, to well, keep you I do, going. Shoot,
2: I do that on Sundays at church. Uh, you know, our pastor would take a message and it's convicting. It's like, man, you know, I got to do this. And then, you know, by Thursday, you know, four days of work and running kids around and this and that. You've, you've like, oh, oh exactly. what was I going to do this week? Yeah.
0: Yeah. He did say, though, and I, because I typed this quote out, I thought it was memorable. If you received the Holy Ghost when you were four years old, that means you were equipped to win your kindergarten class. And I was like, hmm, okay, why is it a kindergartner's responsibility to win other kindergartners? And I mean, they're kindergartners. But, I mean, I know he was probably being a little sarcastic, maybe, you know, just pressing the point a little extreme. But at the same time, like... He
2: still failed to expand on that maybe... Give the power to God, saying God has that power to do it through you, or something like that. You just totally right. put the burden on
0: yes. a
1: seven year old. I mean, a kindergartner, right. their their biggest.
2: Finger painting for Jesus.
1: I mean, yeah, their, <laughs> their hardest part of the day is deciding are they going to get chicken nuggets or are they going to get yeah. the cheeseburger? Right, right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean, or the fish. The flail All fish?
0: Are equally disgusting, <laughs> honestly. Oh, <yeah. laughs>
1: flail fish with cheese? Who puts cheese on their fish?
0: McDonald's.
1: That's gross.
0: Yeah, well, McDonald's was kind of
2: gross. No, so yes, the the whole experience was enlightening. It was, you know, I um, I was glad I went just to experience it. But, well, good.
0: I'm glad you said that, and you weren't like, "Oh my God, what are these people doing to me right no, now?" <laughs> I, no,
2: it to, no, it really. I think it was, you know, kind of necessary to kind of um understand some of, you know, not be in the dark so much. Uh. You know, anytime you guys want to go back, maybe we should just keep doing it.
0: I'm pretty sure our faces are probably plastered all over there, like season. Don't let these people in.
1: I don't know. Maybe we'll do it again next year. Who knows? Yeah, or just gonna, pick a different night. Yeah, pick right. a different night. That's yeah, <laughs> like,
2: No, I'm but, gonna say no. No, it was neat. That. It was. It was definitely an experience.
0: So I, Jeremy and I were actually kind of talking about this yesterday or the day before. I don't know. My week has been kind of crazy because I started a new job this week. Which is really kind of cool anyway um
2: <laughs> they know nothing about you they
0: don't <laughs> I know. somebody said something yesterday well, i'm like yeah well, we're not there yet yeah. we'll, we'll get there but not not right now um so we were actually kind of talking about gary saying it like why is this motivational speaker screaming at me and how they didn't talk about jesus the entire time which i thought was a- ironic because song lyrics kept coming in my head and I kept thinking, What is this song? I keep thinking of every time I think of it, I'm like, they said the name of Jesus. They like invoked the name of Jesus when they prayed. They were just like in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name over like their music and like anytime they were playing praying at the altar, obviously, but they never actually talked about the gospel. They never actually talked about the cross. Um, which it's Holy Week. It was Holy Week. It was the week before Easter, um, when this was, was going down. So you would think that they would have mentioned it at least once. But At least they didn't in the service we were in. Um, But the song that we used to sing when I was in the UPC kept coming back to my head. And I'm like, this is ironic seeing that they sing this all the time. And the song is, let me tell you who Jesus is. And the line, it's verse two. I just looked it up. Many people today, (laughs) they use his name, but it's, you. oh, no, not that one. Hold on. Verse three. Many people today love Jesus, but they don't know who he is. And I'm like, that's ironic because that's, I feel like that's, that's the extent of how they know Jesus. That's how they, they equivalent that to doing things in Jesus's name, but they don't know who Jesus is. They don't know he's, you know, God that came down to earth, fully man, fully God that died on a cross to save them and give them eternal life. It's just something that they can pull out of the air to use whenever they need something. Did you get that vibe? Like I don't know.
1: Well, when you have a whole sermon and it doesn't wrap back around to the cross and to the gospel, I do kind of have a problem with that.
2: I'm not even sure he wrapped up his Hannah story, to be honest with you. Yeah. When he was using Hannah and her being barren and the you know the mistress, not I mean, yeah. I know he went back to it a couple of times, but I'm not sure he really tied it in nice and tight, like a really a solid message yeah
1: and not trying to critique him nothing against his style of preaching or speaking but at the same time once again you've got to have the cross you got to have the gospel because if the gospel's not in your heart that's not what's going to carry you through right
2: i guess i'm just accustomed to let's just say that the church that we go to if that story would have been used there would also have been and also this is why Jesus. This is why God chose. You know, they would they would have tied oh, yeah. something into, you know, Jesus and God, and why why that happened. Like that was just very open ended. How that man, points
1: to Christ and how it points mm-hmm.
2: to Christ. Like there there would have been a, a purpose behind. It. I struggled to find the purpose of why he was bringing that story up. Honestly, yeah. Well, well, the purpose
1: was... was to put guilt on the kids that well, they weren't doing it's enough. It's time for a shift. I know that or, shift happens.
2: When, when he kept saying that yeah over he did the, he did yeah shift. oh yeah i missed that he, he, kept, miss he
1: probably that? said you have to shift or it's time to shift or it's time for a shift well i, I think bet, he was talking they're...
2: about culturally
1: I, oh. I bet probably 30 times he, he was... said the word shift
0: well i think their their conference was like now now was the point yeah. now now yeah. is I, the time i, kind I of think thing. he was
2: when he was speaking about the culture like you know the state of our culture which gotcha. you know, i think i guess anyone that you know has, has any type of God on their mind can see the state of our culture. He was talking about shift in the culture, and he was he mentioned it several times. That hmm. well, was probably when you were worried about you were looking to see if anyone was what noticed you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> but no, I, I kind of see where you're where you're going with that, Jen, and the idea of they almost love the name of Jesus more than Jesus, Jesus.
0: himself, right? Yeah.
1: Which there's definitely honor to be put in the name of Jesus. Don't take me wrong in saying that. But if you love a name more than the person, there there's issue with that. It's
0: like what can you do for me? Kind of kind of situation I feel like and not thank you for the sacrifice and the gift that you're giving me. It's like how can I use this to my benefit?
1: Well, yeah, once again, kind of word of faith. I'm going to yeah. use I'm going to invoke your name. To make you do my will, right. not your will.
0: Yeah, maybe we should play his sermon and that whole service backwards, and we'd find some like hidden messages. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe we would find something else that would um, point back to Jesus. I don't know.
1: Yeah, maybe that's what it was. He was just, you know, being really sly and putting the gospel into the kids' heads. I don't know I thought, well, if don't any know. of them plays it backwards. They'll right? know.
2: I will admit. To kind of flinching a little bit when one of those kids sprinted by me when he challenged them to run faster or, or yeah. whatever. Like I, I did find that I was like, like that was literal. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I, didn't know. I thought it was it was some kind of you know. Oh no, no. no like yeah. run faster, jump higher, or something. All of a sudden, there was a. Yeah, phoom.
0: it was a. <laughs> if you've never ran around the church, no, if never. you've never jumped up and down, this is the time to do it right now. And people did.
1: Yeah. yeah. So Gary, have you ever experienced anyone running in church? Not to that extent, really. No, that's funny. Have you seen people run in church besides children no. that just got loose? No,
2: no, nothing. Yeah, not as a part too. of not as a part of the actual you know service. Oh
0: no. my gosh, there was one service. Like maybe
2: your kids crying and you get the number flash on the board or something. You gotta go run. <laughs> it, but yeah. Not. Not, not, not the not, same not thing because, at all. Yeah. Nothing. I remember yeah. one
0: service when I was a teenager, they were running and jumping around and some old man fell off the stage and cracked his head open on the altar and blood everywhere all over the place. And They kind of just ushered him out like
1: <laughs> I remember that service.
0: <laughs> yeah. But I just I was actually quickly reminded about how I should not wear cuz I had like boots on that I couldn't take off easily, but they were heels. So I was just like – I remember now why I didn't – I just would wear like stilettos or something that I could slip off really easily because there was a whole lot of standing. and oh, So I, you're I think, saying
2: you would have ran. Okay, I get it. No. You <laughs> know
0: what? <I> would, <laughs> see, this is the thing. People would think that I wasn't like legitimately Pentecostal before because I would never do that kind of stuff. So, I mean, sure, people who are critiquing me right now probably are saying, well, she was never early in anyway because that I was never – I was an introvert. I never did that kind of stuff ever, which was mentioned quite often, actually to me about how, you know,
2: <laughs> we've got you on film, not moving, right?
1: <laughs> but it, but it, The frozen chosen, but, but at the same time, you, you did participate in worship services quite a bit because you would lead singing quite often.
0: Right. But I didn't like, I was never like a dancer or jumping off the platform or like running around the church mm-hmm. shouting, hooping, and hollering. Like, I was more of a stationary, sway back and forth, you know, without moving kind of person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which <laughs> that's a whole other topic in itself because I feel like I'm not an introvert anymore like I used to be because I used to be super shy
1: <laughs> and quiet. Not as much as you were. It,
0: yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gary looks like really confused. No, I, I'm just
2: soaking it in.
1: <laughs>
0: Do you find it hard to believe I was such an introvert? <laughs> no, because
2: when we when we first met, I mean, you've you're way more uh, outgoing now than when we first met. Whatever, as soon as we can determine how long ago it was we actually met. I know. If we landed on know. six years, is that yeah. kind somewhere, of somewhere in there? Yeah. Um, it's a lot of math, but anyway, when we first met, I remember you being more kind of reserved, mm-hmm. and.
0: I think I'm just more comfortable in who I am as a person. Yeah. I think like I started a new job this week and I haven't been like super shy or like uncomfortable or second guessing myself.
2: Didn't, you didn't stay in the car until two minutes before your your shift started. Listen, listen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did not
0: want anybody to notice me. Okay. <laughs> Gary was making uh, fun uh, of me because uh, I didn't want to get out of the car before service that J- night.
2: Jeremy's like, let's go. You nope. Know,
0: 728. Oh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah so to tell a little bit about that we jennifer and i both looked at the website and i could have swore it said seven o'clock service and she even agreed that she looked and she thought it said seven as well well we get there and we send gary in cash <laughs> you send the gary in. <laughs> and gary comes out and hands me the ticket and i look at it and it says service starts at 7.30 and we're we're there at like 10 till 7.
0: So we're all three sitting in the car. So
1: that we're all three yeah, sitting in the car for like 40 minutes because we don't want to go in and mingle uh, for 40 minutes right. because then, you know, obviously people will see us and right. be like, what the, hey, you doing here kind of thing. And right. then we're think... going to have to be like, well, we're here so Gary can kind of check you out so we can discuss you guys. Right.
0: Yeah. Which sounds so bad. It really wasn't meant to be that bad. But um, yeah, I mean... I don't know if Gary quite fully appreciated the extent of how many people would recognize yeah.
2: us. Well, yeah, I mean, I think I think you got got away with most of it as far as being yeah. recognized. Yeah. There was a couple people there.
0: Yeah. Well, it was fine. No one was rude or anything, so, I mean, it was fine. My, my fears were unfounded. It was okay, but...
2: And like you said, it wasn't going there to rip on them. or being, It was right. really for an experience for me to kind of get a taste of...
0: Right, and I feel like we had a good attitude going in. It wasn't like we were... We were being rude, like we said. but
2: No, I genuinely hope that, like I said, those a lot of those kids look completely um, just into it. And I, I genuinely hope that their passion for God um, leads them to more discovery and, you know, mm-hmm. kind of go down the road you guys might. I mean, I think, I hope and pray that they, uh, you know, get everything and understand everything and, and everything gets revealed to them that they deserve I have to
0: go back to that verse that says, um, I just had it in my head. Oh my gosh. Draw like when I think I don't even know what book is in If you draw closer to me. I'm going to draw closer to you. Basically. Mm -hmm. What book is that in the Bible? (laughs) Gosh, it's late. I'm sorry. (laughs) I should know that. But, um, I, so I have to think that if you're genuinely seeking and searching, I I feel like God will meet you where you are and that, in that goes for you know upc church or you know back alley strung out on drugs you know i think that goes either way for that um but one thing i think speaking of like all the kids that were there the sad thing (laughs) to me is they're not actually being taught the correct history of the church and i think part of the experience about you going and seeing all of that to put it into perspective. I think for me, it just made me realize like there is importance in speaking out because I wasn't taught the true history of the United Pentecostal church. I was taught the history that they spoon feed you, um, which is completely different than the accurate truth. And the weird thing is like, they still don't acknowledge the truth of the, origins of their organization
1: no
2: yeah is it kind of a just a a secret they don't want to talk about or is it something they're ashamed of that it's kind of like oh if we don't talk about it, it didn't really happen type deal
1: well personally i think they've drawn such a hard line and stance on we won't even get into standards but salvation that you have to do basically three steps repentance baptism in jesus name fully immersed I've seen people that, you know, their arm kind of flipped up and they dunked them again because they didn't get fully dunked to begin with. Mm -hmm. And then you have to speak in tongues. You have to do all those things before you're saved. And then after that, there's things you have to do to stay saved. So I think they've drawn such a hard line and stance on salvation that they now can't admit that things were ever different in their own ranks, and their own organization, that they haven't always had that hard stance.
0: Right. Well, and I think that's why they have like as of late adopted the term apostolic so hardcore that because was,
2: that was written down many places <laughs> lots of vehicles yeah there's banners the yeah. apostolic i've never seen the word apostolic hashtag so many, be apostolic oh, t-shirts oh, so many apostolics yeah yeah so i thought it was like a health condition for a second
1: <laughs> like if you're apostolic just let it... okay, You need to call I mean, to be, about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, to be an apostle, though, you had to see the risen Christ. I don't know if anyone there has.
0: Well, and and one thing that I always go back to, too, that I I don't remember it being that big of a thing. Whenever we were in, I think it was like just starting. I think because mm-hmm. I think David Bernard has a lot to do with that, but I think they use it because they want to cover up the past and like, Oh, this is how it's always been. This is how the apostles had it. So we're going to be like the apostles. But my whole thing has always been for the last six, seven years. Why do we want to be like the apostles when we could be like Christ? Like if you could be called a Christian, that, that seems like that would be the greatest compliment. Why would you want to be called apostolic? Why would you want to say I'm like an apostle when you could say I am like Christ? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but I think like you were saying, it's, it's because they just try to like, I think it's almost like putting like a piece of scotch tape over a leaky faucet, you know, like that Mm -hmm. pipe or whatever. It's going to keep on leaking with that scotch tape, but maybe a little bit slower. I think they're just trying to slow it down because, yeah, you can say you're apostolic all day long and you're like the apostles, but your church actually isn't like the apostles. But I think as long as they push that down people's throats enough, I think they think people are just going to go with
1: it. I mean, let's be honest, the majority of American churches are nothing like the churches the apostles, you know, taught in, preached in, mm-hmm. attended, whatever. Not saying that secular church in the U.S. isn't good. It's it's definitely got its place, but their idea of church is definitely far, even far from that.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, the evolution of the church is, <clears throat> it, yeah, it's gone from, you know, continent to continent, country to co- every culture. Mm-hmm. You know, crafts it a little bit,
1: puts their own spin on it, puts mm-hmm. your
2: own little spin on it, and just hopefully they stay true to the the message.
0: Right. I mean, I feel like as long as you have the gospel correct, like right. I don't know. Not that not to sit here and say it doesn't matter how you do church, but like if you do a small group, if you do online, if you go to a building, I like I feel like that's irrelevant. And It's kind of like a moot point.
1: If but you've got the gospel. And not Acts 2.38 as the gospel, because that's not the gospel. Right. (laughs) But if you've got the gospel right, and you've got the deity of Christ right, then, yeah, I think a lot of the other issues are just secondary, and in the end, they really don't matter. Mm -hmm. And we shouldn't be splitting ranks and hairs and disfellowshipping other people over that, as long as you've got the gospel right, and you've got the deity of Christ right.
0: Right. So, I know that, Jeremy, you've been doing a whole, whole heck of a lot of research on this, and I... I have not. <laughs> not that this doesn't interest me, but I—it does, but. it does interest me a lot. It's just I'm so ADD. I can't sit and just listen to like people on podcasts and YouTube videos and just, which is exactly what we're going to do, is talk about it. But I can't sit and listen to somebody else for like hours on end, like you can. So kudos to you. But um, I mean, I feel like I've learned a lot just from you doing research and telling me about it for sure.
1: Well, I'm a smart guy.
2: Really so are. if one of the UPC preachers baptizes a guy, his hands out of the water, he's gotta re-baptize you know, he's gotta mm-hmm. resubmit him, submerge mm-hmm. him. So he immediately dunks him again, but the guy starts to choke, like cough, because he's when he comes up and he's coughing and choking and gasping for air, does that count as tongues? And so this is all <laughs>
0: <laughs> I should have known this wasn't a serious question. I'm mean, we like, oh, okay.
2: <laughs> I can sense that. I'm like, oh, she's not okay. going to like this. Okay.
1: <laughs> Since Gary brought up tongues, there is a listener that I said that I would do yeah. this for. You know who you are. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. Hamaka shamaka.
0: Stop it. Hamaka
1: shamaka. Hamaka right shamaka.
0: Stop it right now. Dear God. So
1: no. you know who you are. <laughs> I hope you laughed. <laughs> hope I made your day. Well,
0: I'm sorry you couldn't tell your family you went to dinner with us. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Anyways,
1: hamaka shamaka. Uh, all right.
0: So that being that being said, we'll tell you later, Gary. Yeah.
2: Okay, well, that's, that's cool. We got we got okay. time. What's cool is you know, it's an inside joke somewhere.
0: Right. Yeah. I don't know if it's a joke. It's really not that funny, but it's ridiculous. That I guarantee said you that
1: it, person's laughing.
0: 100. percent, But. Anyways, um, I was I was trying to reel you in actually. Be like, can you start? So I, you
2: know, <laughs> yeah, I took I took him off the rail, but a lot of hand signals going on right here behind the scenes. That's right. There, there's a plane landing nothing
0: somewhere. Nothing weird. Nothing. weird.
1: <laughs> no, I thought I thought we were calling pitches. <laughs> right, right, yep. <laughs> Inside
2: fastball. Yep. Anyways.
1: exactly. So. So over the next few episodes, we're going to be breaking down the early origins of Pentecostalism specifically, and then eventually going into the UPC. Because just like Jennifer was saying, they no longer want to be considered Christian. They don't want to be considered Pentecostal. They now want to be considered Apostolics and how that's kind of morphed over time.
0: Right. I think Um, it's interesting to know how we got to this place. mm
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. No, it is very interesting. And there's actually one of their own uh, ministers on YouTube. I actually seen a video of it today, and maybe we'll play it in the next episode, uh, where he admits they've actually edited books.
0: He admitted it? He admitted it. That's the first UPC minister that I've heard admit that. Yeah, he
1: he brought it up. Um, Specifically, the book Winds of God by Ethel Goss. He talked about how that's been edited. Was he
0: in defense of that?
1: No, he he said that he was actually... It started out, he was actually referring to Dr. Thomas Fudge's book, Christianity for the
2: Cross, or Christianity
1: (laughs) Without the Cross, I'm sorry. And then he mentioned Ethel Goss in her book, Winds of God, who Ethel Goss was the wife of the UPC's first general superintendent, Howard Goss. Um, But anyway, he mentioned that in her book, there are edited copies where they've edited out some of the things she said because. I guess it just doesn't match with what they say today. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, he said he was very open into getting the correct history, because at least that way you know who you are.
0: Well, I mean, good for that guy. Hopefully he learns it, like the true history, and maybe it'll kind of help him leave. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: My first idea was looking back at what I call the Stooges of Pentecostalism. (laughs) And we're going to cover a few different names here. Uh, We're going to cover Parham, Charles Fox Parham, uh, Frank Sanford, um, Dowie, a guy by the name of Dowie, and then John G. Lake, which John G. Lake is probably my favorite. And we'll get into that.
0: So I think it's pretty safe to say like all of these names occurred in the late 1800s, <clears throat> early 1900s, right?
1: Yes, we're, we're talking going back to around 1862. Um, some of these people were prominent up to 1940s. And what's really, really strange is a lot of these men even have ties to Branham mm. and then also Jen Jones in the end. Right, well, like Jen there's... Jones
0: is connected to yeah. But my thing is... I find it really hard to believe that all the way from the time of the apostles, so when Jesus died in the upper room and all of that, that no one had salvation or the church experience right until the 1800s. I mean, that's a whole lot of history right there that is unaccounted for, basically. Mm-hmm. And I know, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, correctly, the UPC stance on that is it was basically... Um, like, God always had a church somewhere, but it wasn't, like, broadcasted, right? Like, it was, like, a undercover kind of thing, or maybe those people were in the Dark Ages and just didn't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, so, for example, I remember bringing that up as a teenager, a young adult. Like, hey, you know, organization really didn't come into fruition until 1945, and, you know, it's got its roots a little bit sooner than that, but we're still talking early 1900s, so a very, very young organization very young and in their ideas of theologi- theology eschatology and all kinds of things and with that being said um yeah i would ask you know what happened to all the people in the in between from the apostles to that time did they just all die and go to hell and i was always told well there was a remnant of the church mm-hmm. and then they would try to explain well some of the quakers spoke in tongues yeah but the quakers didn't baptize in jesus name either and right. they embrace the trinity where you deny the trinity so you would tell someone today they have to do all these things to be saved but you're saying they were a remnant or you would say well there were some methodists that spoke in tongues yeah or there was some people that didn't speak in tongues but they baptized mm-hmm. in Jesus name for whatever reason but then you look into that and those same people that baptized in Jesus name Embrace the Trinity. So they, don't baptize, they didn't baptize in Jesus' name for the same reason you did.
0: So I think what you're trying to get at, too, is that there wasn't actually a church organization or belief system exactly like that of the United Pentecostal Church up until 1940s, right?
1: Well, they will argue that, yes, there was, but it was 2,000 years ago. Okay. And if that's so, the case, then the gates of hell did prevail against the church.
0: Well, that was my point, right? So Jesus was not successful because all of those people didn't even have a chance.
1: Right. And he he said the gates of hell would not prevail. Right.
0: So, okay. All right. That's, oh, I don't know. I don't, just even like thinking about that. I'm just like, I don't, I don't. That should be like red flag number one. Yeah. Like we have the truth 2000 years later. It's just now coming out.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, the whole idea of really the Pentecostal movement as a whole, not just at, apostolic, and I don't like that word. I know. Um, That's
0: why I usually try to go back to United Pentecostal, because it just it hurts me a little.
1: the whole idea of Pentecostalism as a whole was a restoration movement. They were restoring the truth. They were restoring God's kingdom here on earth, because once again, it, it had lost its way somewhere.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Okay, so we are... 45 minutes in. So I think what we're going to do is wrap this episode up and pick up with all of the stooges that Jeremy just mentioned. It's so Uh, cheesy. I just
2: remember the fudge. (laughs) Uh, Well, that's Dr. Fudge. Oh, Doctor, He's a good guy. Grew up in in Mount Carmel. Oh my
1: God. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where he grew up.
0: Oh, why? Anyways. Okay, so I think um, we are going to end here and then we're going to pick it up at the first guy, Charles Fox Parham. And I think Jeremy's going to give us a lowdown on him. And we will talk to you later, guys.